to season two of Lightwork Presents Everything is Connected, where we share inspiring stories with artists and art professionals on a wide range of topics, including race, work ethics, inspiration, and the ways in which art influences and is affected by culture. Join us as we continue the journey of sharing the interesting and inspiring stories of some of today's hottest artists and art professionals in the industry. Let's go! On this episode, we're joined by Sierra Britton. Sierra is a curator and art dealer living and working in New York City. As the director of the Sierra Britton Gallery, her mission is to make space for artists who are creating exploratory work across all mediums. Founded in 2021, the Sierra Britton Gallery is the first NYC-based gallery dedicated to representing BIPOC women artists whose work contributes to the contemporary cultural dialogue across the globe. The gallery's mission is to make space for artists who are creating exploratory work, inclusive of all mediums such as painting, photography, drawing, and performance. Starting as a nomadic and online gallery, her programming has focused on a diverse roster of artists making work that is rooted in storytelling, exploration, and cultural commentary. Sierra Britton, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I'm so excited to chat with you and so excited to have you on the episode. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Let's jump right in and get started. I'm really curious to know how you went from working as a curator to a gallerist. You've had your gallery since 2021, so it's still very, very new, but you've been working as a curator since 2018. Talk to me a little bit about that. So I practiced curating and art advisory for a while to get me ready for what I knew would be a gallerist future, which would come later in life. And I graduated from new school in 2018 and just jumped into curatorial practice as well as study. And honestly, thanks thanks to new school, that's why I started my curatorial journey. I had never really heard the term curator until I was at the new school and had learned about Thelma Golden. I didn't realize that being a storyteller in the visual arts, fine arts world was a possibility until I read her story and learned that this was a possibility for me because at the time I was just trying to navigate, okay, I know I want to open a gallery one day, but for right now, I don't know what that looks like as far as what I should be majoring in, what kind of jobs I should be looking for during my undergrad and post-undergrad. It had just been a very gray area for me, and I was undeclared for the first two years of school until I learned about curatorial practice, and it was the biggest light bulb moment for me. Um, this is exactly the intersection that I'm looking for that provides a space where I'm able to support artists, tell stories, contribute to historical dialogue, because as Black people, our history has been erased for so long. And I made it my business to learn everything I needed to know about curatorial practice while I was an undergrad. And when I graduated in 2018, I got some really great opportunities to work with artists that I've just met socially in New York, such as Flo and Gala. She's the first artist that I curated a solo show for in 2019 in Brooklyn, 
we had met in a very, we ran into each other at my old job because she was looking for a computer charger. I didn't even know who she was or that she was an artist, but I would recently come out of school and I was looking for curatorial opportunities. And as she was charging her computer, I was working as a front desk receptionist at the time. And we just started talking to each other just about regular stuff. And somehow it came up that she was a artist. She was a photographer. She was on her way to an arts event. And I told her, I was like, wow, I'd love to see your work. I just graduated. I'm an aspiring curator. I used to use that term a lot. <laughs> and later that year, I got blessed with this opportunity to curate a show of my choice in my friend Victoria Alexander's gallery space in Red She was just like, you have to run it yourself, produce it yourself, curate it yourself. I just can give you the keys to the space and then everything is on you after that point. And so I let Flo know and we ended up curating, or I curated a solo show for her, which had 20 black and white photographs that covered this famous after-school program called Figure Skating in Harlem. And this was more of Yes, I'm helping this artist tell her story in this way. We're framing it in a gallery space and inviting the community to come and be in dialogue with the work, be in dialogue with the artist. And I just kind of wanted to put myself to the test as someone that had just came out of college. And I wasn't calling myself a gallerist back then, even though Flo always makes the joke that that was Sierra Britton Gallery before Sierra Britton Gallery was Sierra Britton Gallery. It had just been Harlemized the Selects folder curated by Sierra Britton, images by Flo and Gala. It was just very grassroots collaboration of two Black women who are interested in this kind of storytelling. And at that point, it had been really just a huge aha moment that I can actually make this work at a young age because trying to navigate that space of, okay, once you're out of undergrad and you're pursuing curatorial practice, a lot of the feedback I got was, oh, it's going to take you until you're in your 30s with a master's before you're even considered for an entry-level full-time curatorial role. I, I vividly remember that. That feedback is tattooed on my brain. And I'm like, so are you telling me that I have to struggle for years and go into debt just to get an entry-level full-time role in the industry that I wanted to work in? And at the time, that was very true. I think things have changed drastically in the last two to three years, which is really amazing. And I know we'll get into that. But at the time, I'm just like, I'm not trying to wait all these years before I'm able to actually flourish in my practice. I want to be working. I want to be honing my skills. And I want to get to this goal of owning a gallery one day. And I don't want to wait until I'm mid-30s to do that. <laughs> and at the time, I was probably 22 years old when I curated the show with Glow. But that show opened my world up to so many different amazing people within the ecosystem. And now people that are a part of my community. Specifically, Nadia Nascimento, one of the co-founders of Art Noir, she had came to the show that I curated for Flo back in 2019. And at the time, I didn't know Nadia. There were a lot of people at the opening. And we ended up connecting over a phone call maybe a week or two later. And she told me about Art Noir. And I was like, oh, this sounds 
right up my alley. Art Noir is an amazing nonprofit based in New York that supports Black artists and artists of color across the globe and communicates or creates relationships between artists and patrons. Um, hearing that and hearing the description of Art Noir and their mission, I just knew that this is something I want to be a part of. This is all about community. It's about supporting the arts. It's about using platforms to uplift each other and collaborate with each other to fulfill this mission as a community. And I shot my shot and was like, hey, I don't know if y'all are looking for anyone, but I am desperately looking for a job and I would love to talk to you about potentially working with Art Noir. And Nadia was like, it's such a coincidence that you say that because we're actually looking for our first fellow ever. We have never hired an employee before, but we're for the first time looking for one. And I think that it's a sign that you're reaching out to us before we even made it publicly known that we're looking for a fellow. And I'm like, oh my God, alignment. Tell me what you need. Whatever it is, I will do it. And they were looking for... So within that fellowship, it was all about mentorship, having one-on-ones with all of the seven co-founders, working on marketing, social media, supporting the programming, such as events, and overall supporting the mission and being a part of the dialogue within Art Noir. And they hired me in December 2019. It was a huge moment for me. I love all of them to this day. They're all amazing mentors. At the time... December 2019, Art Noir had been really known for physical events. And a part of the fellowship was to be supportive of the physical events, i.e. field trips to museums, curatorial walkthroughs of exhibits, all of these great things that brought the community to the art. When they hired me, I had been working for them for a few months and then COVID hit. And all of the physical events went out of the window for the entire world, especially New York. It was so bad. And I think collectively, everyone shifted their thinking when the pandemic hit because everyone's circumstances changed. A lot of people got laid off in the world. There was just that pause for everyone. What am I going to do? What's next? What's next for the world? What's next for me? How do I keep myself safe and healthy, my family safe and healthy? And everything became virtual, obviously. So I had been strategizing with them on what does the virtual presence of Art Noir look like? Because at the time, they hadn't been super duper active on Instagram. And so we were like, okay, well, there's no physical things anymore. So we really got to be on social media. Let's think about this. And the co-founders came up with virtual visits, which is a once a week, every Thursday, they invite artists to do a virtual studio visit with people that tune in. This way, because galleries were closed, everything was closed. So this way, artists are still able to promote their work, show them new bodies of work, maybe give a glimpse of like works in progress, talk about their process, just introduce these artists to the art noir community in a different, more virtual way. And I'm thankful that they really allowed me to share a lot of ideas during my time as their fellow. We had created a lot of different online programming outside of 
Virgil Hills we did four images which was a collector's highlight for black and brown collectors that every week we would ask collectors to show four images of their favorite artworks within their collection and like a little piece that they'd like to say about the work and all this time I'm telling them they're mentoring me we're doing these one-on-one calls I'm like guys I really want to open this gallery at some point and I just want to know what steps I need to take to make it there um and eventually during this whole time because this was about a two-year period that I'd been working with them within that there was a moment where I was promoting myself as a art advisor online and trying to also get online virtual curatorial gigs as well because that was a big thing during the lockdown we still needed art um and the art was there and we just needed to make sure that the people knew about it so i was working as an art advisor advising clients introducing them to artist friends of mine that i met either just through the world or through new school or through art noir and i'm also working as their fellow and i'm doing all these little side gigs just building my name up, building up my, introducing my work and services to this community now that I'm really in it. And I was talking to Nadia towards the end of my time there. And I was like, girl, I really want to open this gallery. And I feel like if I do it with a fundraiser, I won't have to wait until I'm in my mid (laughs) thirties. I want to open a gallery that serves this community because honestly, that's the whole point of why I'm in the arts. That's what, if it doesn't serve the community, it doesn't make a positive impact on the communities that I'm a part of. I.e., I'm a black queer woman, all of those communities, and I'm from Baltimore. So it's just thinking of the communities that have made me, I want to serve these communities as well through the fine arts. And she was like, open your gallery, girl. And for some reason, Nadia's co-sign means a lot to me. I look up to her very much. And if she believed that I could do it at the time, I was 23 when we were having this conversation. I'm like, but I'm going to do it. And this, I'm not going to wait. And I really, I knew that there was a huge lack of representation for women of color artists in New York's gallery world. There's 80% of artists represented by New York City's galleries are white and 30% identify as women. So you can imagine how small the margin is for women of color. And I had been holding that at the center of my practice as a curator and as an art advisor as well. So I just had that moment of, okay, this is what the gallery needs to be about because it'll be the first of its kind and it's filling a void that needs to be filled because these statistics at the time it was 2021 like that's unacceptable it's creating the notion that women of color artists don't exist and i have a lot of audacity as you can see i know that traditionally i would not be able to do this at this age and at this level but i'm gonna let the community know that i want to do this and i'm gonna open it up for support and that fundraiser really kicked our journey off It's really amazing to hear you describe your trajectory over the last couple of years and over such a short period of time. I have tons of questions, which I think would probably offshoot into a million different conversations for us. But for the audience and for the episode, I think some of the things that singularly step out are what you said at the very beginning 
when we started recording about knowing that you wanted to open up a gallery and sort of already having this in mind. Then I started thinking about learning about Thelma Golden's story before meeting her and not even having the notion or the, the imaginings of a career as a curator and as a gallerist, potentially in the way that Thelma has been a curator, not knowing that that might be a path that's available to you. And then thinking about the alignment of wanting to find work, finding that with art, feeling like all of the things in your life and in your path are leading you towards this direction that you've sort of already had in the back of your mind for yourself. So I really want to talk about this sense of knowing and somehow really knowing who you are and what you're sent here to do and what your purpose is and how... What are your thoughts about that? And at this time and at this age and at this particular moment in your life, how do you feel that that sense of knowing or sense of intuition has really guided you towards where you are? I'd say without my intuition, I would not be here. And without my ancestral guides, I'm very spiritual and I'm very thankful to have learned my purpose. At a very young age, I've always been passionate about art. It was always my favorite subject in school. My uncle, who helped raise me, was a sketch artist. I'm a visual learner. it, It was hard for me to learn in school without little illustrations and drawings. And I didn't really pay attention as much in other classes the way that I did with art. And... I am very passionate. (laughs) I have very big opinions. I'm a big personality. Everything, it's like all or nothing. And that's how I felt about art. Mm. And, And that's the only real thing, like tangible thing that I've had that strong feeling for, career wise, especially. I just knew that there was no other field that I was as passionate about the way I was with art. And even when I didn't know the specifics of what my trajectory would look like, I just knew that I wanted to work with artists and I wanted to be a part of furthering the dialogue and the storytelling around Black artists, women artists, queer artists, stories, queer stories, Black stories, women's stories. Stories are the way that we learn our history and the way that we tell our present and the way we look towards the future. You have to have an imagination when you're thinking of that future as well. And I'm, I have a very active imagination. I was curating before I even knew I was curating. And again, that's just that intention uh, or intuition and spiritual guide. I believe that there are forces larger than me that are just moving me and guiding me. I've had too many quote-unquote coincidental moments. I don't really believe anything is coincidence. I just think it's alignment. I've been aligned so much with everything in my life for my entire life. Like even learning about new school, I never knew, I'd never heard of that school until Brie Andy, who is an artist I now work with with the gallery and also an old friend of mine, back in like 2015, I was telling her, I'm going to Hofstra University in Long Island for my freshman year. I hate it. 
I'm not getting good grades here. The classes here aren't really inspiring me. She's like, you should look into the new school. And I was like, what new school? Like, they just built some new school? And she's like, no, it's called the new school. It's a really famous art school. It's downtown in New York. Look it up. I looked it up. They had a department called Visual Studies. And within that, you could go in a lot of different directions. Shout out to Eugene Lang School of Liberal Arts at the new school. Visual studies program is the reason that I know what a curator is. It's the reason that I'm a large part of the reason I'm here. But again, just that alignment of Brie telling me about this school. I go there, fast forward. Now I have Sierra Britton Gallery and we exhibit Brie's work. Full circle moment. Full circles all the time. And I don't think that it's just me doing this work. I think that there's a lot of higher powers at hand. Yes, I love that sentiment. And, and I definitely share that and feel that ripple through my life and really keep me guided and keep me centered. So I love to hear that you share that experience. And I feel like in the short time that I've gotten to know you, that that really resonates with me. Whenever I'm around you and whenever I'm sharing your presence and your energy and we're sharing energy with each other, I feel like you have such a strong sense of who you are. And we come across so many different kinds of people in this world. I don't mean just in the scheme of a lifetime, but specifically in the art world, right? You come across a lot of different kinds of characters and personalities. And I think being centered and having a sense of, of, of yourself is very, very important in anything that you do. So next question. So talk to me about what's happening with your gallery. I mean, Sierra Britton Gallery, what's, what's the deal? What's on the horizon? So I'm very, very very excited to like that we are opening our gallery doors in New York. The <laughs> opening will be September 8th. That, that'll be our opening night and we are opening with a solo show from the incredible Jewel Ham, exhibiting a new collection of new paintings from Jewel that I'm really, really excited for everyone to come to see. So, Jewel's phenomenal. I, I'm so proud of Jewel. Jewel is absolutely amazing. She has been working tirelessly this entire summer. I'm so proud of her. I'm so I'm so thankful that she has allowed me to be the vessel to hold this exhibit. And I'm just super excited for Jewel and where she's going. I think she's amazing. And I'm, I'm just really, really looking forward to seeing her get her flowers and be celebrated. How did you meet Jewel? How did you guys make that connection? Because her work is so sick. Jewel and I actually met on Instagram while I was working for Art Noir because I was in charge of reaching out to artists for virtual visits. And it, so we had been doing virtual visits. There's still, Art Noir still does virtual visits. But when I met Jewel, we had split virtual visits up into seasons because we took a, a winter break. Art Noir had taken a break for the holidays in the year. And when we came back for season two... It was my job to source a lot of different things that we were going to be including with the social media. And I found Jules' work on social media. I'm not, I don't remember if it was on the Explore page or if someone like reposted her on their stories or what. I, I'm always looking for artists on Instagram. Also, I think Instagram is an amazing resource, especially for anything visual, even if you're not in the fine arts, if you have like a fashion brand or anything visual, Instagram is a huge resource to get people to find you. And when I found her work, I was blown away. I'm like, 
not only do I need to invite her for virtual visits, I just want to talk to her about this work. And I reached out to her in the DMs. I told her who I was. I was interested in having her on virtual visits. And I also just wanted to see ways I could support her. I was at the time mainly working as a curator and art advisor. So I'm like, girl, like, let's kiki. Let's talk about this work. This work is phenomenal. And we had a virtual call because she was in Charlotte at the time. And I was in Maryland because I had moved back home during the lockdown for four months. And I was just working that entire time. So we did a Google Meet and we hit it off. She has a big personality just like me. We had a ton of energy on the call. We were just hyping each other up. We were kicking. We were laughing. We were just like, like talking about music and like art and all, all these things. And I invited her to do the virtual visit. She said yes. And she did it, and it was one of the most tuned in to virtual visits that Art Noir had seen. We had so many people join the live. People were going crazy in the comments. People were reaching out about, does she have work? This artist is amazing. Like, it it just blew up. And we've been locked in ever since. Jewel is my sis. I love her. I love what you're doing by being so entrepreneurial and being a self-starter. As you look to the future and you think about what's going to happen when you open your gallery next month and showcasing Jules's work and thinking about the other artists that you want to showcase, like what is it that you really, really want to ultimately say with your practice and with your gallery, being a curator, being a creative thinker, being a thought leader? Like, what is it that you ultimately want to say to the world? And what is your ultimate message? I want to say to the world that women of color artists exist at the same level as these mainstream white artists and male artists that we've seen for decades and decades and decades and no shades of them. But I want people to walk away knowing that, okay, these artists exist and their work is phenomenal, important, and should be talked about, should be a part of the global dialogue, should be thought about and prioritized in the same way that we see male art works or whatever the case, uh, artists that we've seen in the mainstream for so long. But I also want people to think about art in a very close to home kind of way and not just something that's hanging above the couch. We're storytelling. We are preserving history. We are imagining futures. We are thinking of ways to be in conversation with more people than just the ones within our community. I think that art is a vehicle and catalyst for that kind of dialogue and dialogue within the community is everything. Again, like if I didn't know what a curator was until I was in junior year of college, you know, maybe we can open up that dialogue and talk about what possibilities exist in this ecosystem and talk to young girls of color or young kids of color in general and let them know what's possible for them. That all comes from dialogue. That all comes from opening the access and not gatekeeping and not keeping the door locked. You know what I'm saying? Just having people come into the space, see the work, be in dialogue with the work, and then also being in dialogue with the people around them. Because without community, I mean, we really just can't move forward. 
And that's what it all comes back down to for me. So supporting artists, art patronage is definitely super important, but also thinking about sustainability and how we can continue to support each other and support ourselves moving forward as a community. And when you talk about art patronage as a way to continue to build that sustainable community, or when you say, I'm going to have to scratch this, but when you say sustainability, what does that mean to you? Sustainability meaning I don't want us to just be a trend. And every era, art has always had eras, historical eras. And right now we're in the 2020s. And this era, so far, and I, I pray that we sustain this, but Black women are at the forefront of this era in art history. And I'm so thankful to be a part of that. And you're a part of that as well. And I'm so proud of us and so thankful to even be here. But sustainability as a way of let's not just do it for the gram. I don't want us to celebrate it for diversity and inclusion reasons because we've been doing the work for decades. If we're being real, we just weren't at the forefront of that history because we weren't writing the history and now we are. So I want us to sustain it in a way where this becomes the new normal rather than, oh, this is an exception to the rule. Yeah, right. Right. I love that. So we have just a few more minutes left. I just like five more minutes before it cuts out. So let me think about what I want to say. So if you could talk to your younger self, what are some of the things that you would say to your younger self? With regards to your professional life and your, sure. with with regards to the things that we've discussed on this on this episode, I would just tell my younger self that there's nothing to be afraid of. I've been very fearful throughout my childhood. I've struggled with like general anxiety, fear of the future, looking over my shoulder, um, asking myself, "Am I going to be able to sustain my life in New York, one of the most expensive cities to live in? Am I going to be able to?" be in this industry and be successful because a lot of us as young black kids are told that there's no money in the arts and we're going to struggle and it's not smart. We need to have a plan B and all these things. So I would just tell my younger self that all of that might've been true for another era, but not the one that I'm growing up in. There's so many new opportunities and possibilities beyond what I even currently know that are available to me and everything's going to be good and we're going to make history and we're going to make impact and we're going to bring people together and continue learning throughout the entire process because I don't know everything and I just want to learn as much as possible so I would just reassure my younger self that all of those things are happening very much quicker than I expected. (laughs) I feel like that's such a sign again just to echo what we talked about earlier such a sign of being on the right path things happening in a way that you could not even imagine. Like, yeah, you can imagine it and you can want it and you can wish for it. But like when things start taking place and moving in your life in real time, I feel like it's a, it's just, you kind of sit back and you're in awe of what has been able to transpire. Right. Truly. Yeah. Truly. I think I, I do a gratitude cry every morning as like a ritual. Yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> I listen to gospel music or I'll just like listen to like, like emotional music and just look around and just cry because I'm like wow I like two years ago I was walking around getting paid bi-weekly from this job that I hated barely made enough to go out with my friends and like have dinner I remember that and like I'm like if this if this is gonna be my life I'm 
not going to be able to live out here for much longer. I'm going to have to figure something else out. And to now just be comfortable, because that's really what it is, like comfortable and able to participate in a practice that I actually love and adore and am excited about and am always thinking about and dreaming about, I feel very privileged for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm just very happy for you and very happy to see what you've accomplished in such a short amount of time, but also so happy to see your your drive, your ambition, your passion, your vitality, that life that you exude, that smile that you have, that energy that you bring is so, so real. And I feel it every time I'm around you. I feel it right now on this call. And you have something that is so, so special, Sierra, right? Like I said earlier, you come across a lot of people in a lifetime and some people really stick out because they have something incredibly unique. And I think that you are one of those special snowflakes. We're all a special individual snowflake, but yes, you you are incredibly special. So I wish you nothing but more success. And I'm just so grateful that you joined me on an episode. So happy that you took some time to chat with me and share your story and share that with all of the listeners as well. So thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm always so happy to be graced with your energy and be in conversation with you. I'm super, super thankful to have been invited on your podcast. Of course. Anytime. That was our episode with Sierra Britton. I want to give a big shout out and a thank you to Sierra. And it's a wrap, folks. That's our episode of Lightwork Presents Everything is Connected. Conversations on culture and current events with some of today's hottest creative contemporaries. These episodes were recorded in between New York and Miami and reflect the times we are living in while also adding some commentary to the social, cultural, and political issues of the past year. I'm your host, Fola Shade Ologundudu, and we'll see you next time. As always, stay motivated, stay inspired, and stay up. Peace and love, y'all. We out.